have a special guest that is the creator of an NFT collection and comic book called Icarus 2120. Uh, Mark, welcome to the Spaces. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, how you got started with this project, and what made you decide to get into NFTs? Sure. Um, yeah, so Mark is my name, um, and a comic book artist from um, Perth in Western Australia. Uh, one of the, I think it, I think it's technically one of the most isolated city capital cities on the uh, on the earth. So, hello everyone, uh, everywhere else except for Perth. Um, I have been uh, I've been an art, uh, a comic book artist for for quite a, a long time. I sort of grew up, um, you know, enjoying. Um, you know, I watched a lot of uh, anime and cartoons when I was older, or when I was younger, and then when I got a little bit older, I got into comic books, and I always had a, a bit of a talent for drawing. It was kind of always I was the kid that you know that was always my thing. Everyone knew that I was the the kid that could draw. Um, so I just kind of kept going with that, and and absolutely loved it. And um, for me, comic books, you know, was the um, you know, the wild designs of, of the characters and, and the storytelling aspect that really kind of grabbed me in terms of comic books. And uh, and I found that that I had, you know, over time, I had stories that I wanted to tell as well. They were just kind of, um, you know, just, just uh, things that would, would occur to me and, um, and I, I would think that they were cool. So I, I wanted to sort of share that with people. So I started making, you know, just little, little comic books here and there. Um, and uh, then some years ago now, I started, I had an idea for the, the story behind Icarus 2120. Um, so I started sort of working on that and developing the idea and, and then got into um, drawing the pages, etc. Excuse me one second. And um, then, yeah, so, I've, so I've been working on Icarus uh, for a long time. It's, it's been really, um, you know, it's quite, it's quite dear to me because of the time that I've put into it and how excited I am for the story and, and different um, characters and, and scenarios that sort of turn up in the story. Um, I'm really excited for, you know, getting to those. Um, and then in terms of um, NFT, so, so I've been, you know, I mean, I spent a good few years traveling around doing comic conventions um, here in Australia, and I did a, I did a few over in the in the US. Um, so it was a really great time uh, to meet other artists because most of the time sort of growing up and, and in my sort of earlier adult years, um, I didn't really know too many other artists. So when I started doing conventions, um, you know, and just meeting people that were interested in similar things. Um, you know, I made a lot of good friends really, really, really quickly. And it's sort of um, just seeing everybody else's art and ideas and that sort of really uh, broadened my horizons, opened my eyes a lot to, you know, things that I hadn't thought of and um, even even things like color palettes that I just wouldn't naturally use. You know, you see, you get, it was very inspiring walking around comic book conventions. So I did that for quite a long time. Um, and then uh, it was only fairly recently that, you know, NFTs kind of came up. So I haven't actually done a comic book convention for, for over two years now uh, because of the, the pandemic, et cetera. 
Um, so I just kind of stayed home and kept working on Icarus. And then um, a friend um, mentioned, you know, NFTs to me. I'd already sort of started trading a little bit of crypto and that kind of thing, but wasn't too heavily into it. And um, yeah, so he showed me, you know, Nifty Gateway. And there's there an artist that we sort of both knew and he was uh, making enormous amounts of money. And to be honest, I thought NFTs were the dumbest thing ever. Like I was, I was someone who had been traveling around and selling, you know, posters for $20 and original art for, you know, $100, $200, whatever it was. And to me, for someone to release a digital collection, not that I have anything against um, digital, digital artists, like a digital artist is an artist um, and it takes just as much skill as, you know, working with a, with a pencil. Um, to, to put a collection up of and sort of an open edition or a collection where it's a thousand of the images and people were buying, spending a lot of money to have a serial number that said they owned one. To me, that just seemed completely stupid. <laughs> um, so I can't, I didn't pay too much attention to it until a few months ago when a friend of mine, a, a separate friend, he um, showed me some of the, the PFP projects that were going around and it was the community aspect that, that like it was, you know, someone, someone flicked the switch, you know, or the, 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 the switch, the light went on in my head, I should say. Um, I saw the community aspect of it. I saw that people were, they weren't just buying a JPEG. They were buying a, a, a ticket into a community where they could also make money um, if they wanted to, you know, flip the JPEG or whatever. And as an artist, as a comic book artist, one of the things that you that every comic book artist wants is to have a a community that is interested and engaged by whatever you're working on. And so for me, Icarus twenty one twenty, you know, I've always I've always wanted to have a, a larger audience for it, to have people that could come along on the journey as I as I made it, as I created the story. Um, so for me, that was sort of, that was that, it was that moment that I went, this is, this is it. Like this is, I can tie this to Icarus 2120. I can get people on board. They can own, uh, you know, a, a little piece of it in some way. And then moving forward, you know, with the roadmap, uh, all those people can hopefully, um, you know, stick around and benefit from, from everything that comes. So that bring basically brings us to, to today, me sitting under a tree. Um, talking to you guys. Awesome. So, how does the thought process and creative process work with making a comic book? Do you do you write the storyline first, and then do the picture portion? Do you do the picture portion first, and then write the story after? You kind of do them uh, at the same time, and it just kind of morphs into something as you go along. Um, I think every artist is different. Um, every creator is different. For me. Um, it usually starts with just sort of the, the basic idea, you know, a, a story, uh, um, usually like one little sort of catalyst, one, one event that, that is the seed for the story. Um, and then I typically just kind of run it through my head. Um, and I think because I've been an artist all my life, um, the, the artwork, the visual side of it comes along at the same time. So as I'm creating the story, 
scenes and, and ideas and designs come to mind. And if I like it enough, then I, I see if I can incorporate that into the story. Um, and then sort of, and then it, and then the actual script comes up and I, I didn't actually sit down and write a script for Icarus for, um, quite some time. And I, I thought that I knew the story back to front. Like I knew all the important points and I knew how it started. I knew the, the important milestones in the story. I knew, I, and I know how it ends or I knew how it ended. And then, um, I actually sort of sat down to actually start writing the script, writing dialogue and that sort of thing. And and what I found very interesting with, with that, with that, is that this story that I thought that I knew so well, um, I started, you know, discovering, you know, plot holes and character motivations that didn't make any sense at all. Um, so that led me to find solutions for that and adjust the story. Um, while the story is called Icarus 2120, I was very surprised as I wrote it to find that the story is, it's definitely about Icarus from Greek mythology, um, but there are some main characters in the story and it's and it's equally uh as much about them that kind of just was a natural progression so for me it sort of it starts with the seed of an idea it it develops into um something that i think is cool the ending comes to mind and then basically finding my way to that and making it as interesting as possible incorporating all the things that i enjoy and uh and then writing the script and and developing it from that point on how long have you been working on this project? Technically 10 years, but there's, it's only been the last uh, sort of two years that I've really um, knuckled down. I, I had first had the idea in 2011 and I was, I'd sort of just finished working on a, a bit of a pilot issue for another series that I sort of wanted to do. Um, I had this idea, so I started, you know, mucking around with it. But there were long stretches where I just sort of really didn't touch the artwork. I didn't touch the story at all. Um, I was doing a lot of comic conventions, so I just, a lot of my focus was going into, you know, producing prints and artwork for that and then getting commissions and, and whatnot. So technically 10 years, but it's really the last two years that it's seen some real development and it started properly marching forward what made you decide to kind of bridge together greek mythology and science fiction I, i've kind of two really areas that almost clash that don't really i don't know it doesn't seem like they evolve together but reading through your you know your your website and everything it, it makes sense so are you are you a fan of both of those sci-fi and Greek mythology or is it just something that kind of morphed out of nowhere? I well I'm glad I'm glad it makes sense. <laughs> um I am a big fan of of both. Um so I, I play, you know, I don't play very very many video games these days cuz I just I just don't have time, but I love video games. Um and um growing up I really enjoyed Greek mythology. Um, I just, I like the, I like the stories. I like the, the tragic heroes and, you know, all the sacrifice and, and all that sort of stuff in it. It's kind of got all those real, I, I think the ancient Greeks, you know, really knew how to tell a, a good story that would resonate with, with people. 
Um, so growing up, I always really enjoyed um, Greek mythology and I loved cyberpunk sci-fi as well. You know, I was watching um, uh, Techno Man, which I, you guys might know as Tech Man Blade. I'm not sure. We had a different title for it over here. Um, so I was watching, you know, mecha anime and, and that kind of thing. And then um, Akira as well. So I kind of got into that real sort of cyberpunk dystopian flavor. Um, but then the actual, the, the seed of the idea I owe entirely, or I, almost entirely, I would say, to the Juice X series. Um, it was, in fact, I think in 2011 that Juice X Human Revolution came out. And there's the, uh, there's a trailer. If you actually look up one of the trailers, there's a, um, uh, it's very, it's, it's Icarus themed. It's basically, he's, um, the, the protagonist is having this sort of, um, dream while he's in surgery that he's, uh, having these wings, uh, sewn onto him and flying up to the sun. And the story really is very much about, um, technology, technology and human advancement. And in, in particular with the story, um, there's a big theme about how it, it brings humanity to the end of end of you know almost to the brink of destruction. Um, so very there's a there's a big parallel with that between um, the story of Icarus and Daedalus. In that Daedalus, you know, he he creates the labyrinth, he gets them. Uh, you know, his his grand design ends up um, getting them in trouble. Basically, they get they get imprisoned, and then it, again, it's his creation, it's his invention that uh leads to the death of his son so that in that trailer um there's one moment when in his dream he flies up toward the sun and there's, there's it's literally like half a second it's like a half a second shot of the protagonist with wings burning up in the sun and and i and that was it i was like uh i sort of from that i went what if uh it, if it was actually greek mythology and the character Icarus, he comes forward into the uh, the future, and um, things go from there. So, the the story them creating is very different to to Juice X, um, and it actually you know it involves directly Greek mythology. So there's two timelines: there's the ancient past, and there's the uh, the future. Um, so it's very different to to Juice X, but I but I owe that initial thought to. Uh, the Juice X series. So the comic book is completely free for anybody to read online if they go to uh, was it comic dot icarus twenty one twenty dot com, um, which I think Correct. is really awesome that you're offering that to people for free because uh, a lot of work goes into that one hundred and seventeen pages. Uh, why? What made you decide to do the comic in black and white and no color? Um. I'm working on it myself, so or two reasons. I'm working on it myself, so if I had to colour it, um, it would be uh, almost in, impossible uh, for time. Um, I, I originally started doing it just in black and white, and then I, I thought, and it was just too, I, I feel like my black and white work wasn't strong enough to stand on its own strictly as black and white. So... I thought if I can incorporate some grey tones into it, just add some depth to the artwork as well, then that would help. Um, and that that sort of became full on. Um, it, it, it's it's in it's in um, sort of grayscale, but uh, there's a lot of time that actually goes into the grey tones as well. Um, so 
but but colors are a whole different beast um there's a lot of times you know that you got to spend on color theory and making sure that things look right that the lighting looks right it's a little bit on it uh, to be honest it's a little bit easier to do in grayscale so that's one very um important reason the other reason is that these days i mostly read manga and i absolutely love uh black and white and grayscale art and there are i mean there are a few um american comic book artists who uh their their black and white or grayscale work is so strong that i wish that they would actually release the books um without color because the artwork just just stands so so firmly on its own without um without color so that that's it basically time and um personal personal choice um although when the so there's 117 pages already up for people to read that's really only the first act of the story so there's a lot yet to come and a, and a lot of um sort of the bulk of the story is yet to come um but i think once that's done i will uh i'll actually get someone or a team to actually color it and release it in two different versions people can have it read it either in black and white or in color because uh, sells. all right so let's start talking about the nft collection that you're doing how, how many total nfts are going to be released uh so it's a it's a 10k collection so there'll be ten thousand of them which is big these is it going to be is it going to be based around uh, one character or is it going to be uh, uh, how many characters are going to be included in the NFT art? And uh, is there some sort of rarity that you have based into um, each specific piece? Uh, yes. Yeah, so um, basically there are, um, I've got, there are about seven or eight different character traits and one, or, you know, sort of um, rarity traits or whatever they, whatever you call them. Um, and the uh, one of them is a character base. So I've got, uh, I think I've got about twelve different sort of bodies uh, with you know with different faces, different um, skin colors, and then on top of that, everything else gets gets layered on top. So you got clothes, augmentations, accessories. Um, there's a mouth uh, mouth type, so it might be mask, beard, uh, expression. There's glasses. Uh, hair and then hairstyle and hats so not it's not necessarily based around one particular character um there are i was aiming for i, I wanted each of them to look as unique as possible um and while still building in rarity so we do have uh common items there are some there are some very rare um items which only turn up a few times um in the entire collection um We've got, there are some unique one of ones that are in the collection as well, uh, which all sort of, they come with their own sort of perks post mint. Um, and then we've even got, I've even got some, there's about eight in the collection, which is a, a whole separate character, Mystery Man. He's like a guy, he's got like a big question mark on his face. And the point of that is someone can either hold on to that because it's rare as it is, or they can send it back to us. We'll burn it, and with their under their direction, I will create a completely unique um, NFT for them, which will replace the mystery man that they send back to us. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, are you working with an outside dev to do the smart contract on this in order to do the generative art, or are you doing that yourself? Uh, yeah, no, I've got a uh, I've got a dev. We've got basically everything ready to roll. So the 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 candy machines. 
done. Um, all the technical side is uh, is sorted, and um, yeah, that that I've never been a um, computer guy to be to be honest. Um, I'm I'm surprised that I'm that this space is going so well. That that technology hasn't fought me um, in here because we we kind of we get along kind of, but not so well. Um, so I definitely uh, was like, I need to get a dev in for this. Um, I did look into the technical side of it myself. Um, and I went, oh, okay, no, I think it's definitely beyond my capability. And then while I was working with the dev, um, I just, you know, it was, I was just like, wow, okay, yeah, this is, this is completely out of my wheelhouse. Um, so, so he's been great. He's been, um, he's been really good. Um, good, good communication, been working together well. Um, and so that's sort of been a load off my mind. You're going to be minting on Solana. What made you choose Solana over other blockchains? Um, the guy who showed me the NFT PFP projects, he was a, he's a big proponent for Solana. He had been for quite some time. I'd already sort of traded, started trading, or sort of, you know, yield farming with some Solana. Um, and my initial thought was to release on ETH because uh, I did, I've got some friends who they released a collection on there. Um, so I was kind of just um, in a way sort of following in their footsteps. And, and that was my initial thought. Um, but then, yeah, my friend went, you know, what about Solana? And then I, I looked into um, Solana in terms of NFTs, saw that there was a market there and um just the the absence of gas and how, and how quickly things go through, um, it just seemed like uh, a good fit. It seemed like a hassle free, relatively hassle free fit for us. So that was yeah. So so that yeah. So we'll be launching on Solana, and um, yeah. For anybody unfamiliar with uh, Solana blockchain, as far as buying NFTs, you have to use a wallet outside of MetaMask or Trust Wallet. Um, there are several of them. So uh, Phantom is one of the bigger ones. Um, looking on your website right now, Soulflare is another one. So uh, if you want to get into this project, just remember MetaMask isn't going to work when you're doing this. So keep that in mind. No, and that, um, that's, um, Phantom is really Phantom's really good. And in um, January, they've got, they're meant to be releasing their their mobile app, which which is one thing that I've been, I think everyone on Solana has probably been rolling their eyes for months because, you know, you're out, you want to mint something, but you can't even do it off your phone. But that's that's set to change in, in January. And, um, yeah, I, I've got a MetaMask. Um, I've minted, um, a, you know, a number of ETH NFTs. Um, I do find the, uh, Solana, the, the Phantom wallet experience very user-friendly on desktop. and um, uh, yeah, they've got good support, and and you, the gas is is basically nothing. So that's a, that's another kind of big selling point. You don't you don't have to kind of go, okay, it's going to cost me this much, and then I'll wait. It's fifty or a hundred or two hundred dollars on top. The price is basically the price. What's the minting price that you decided on for the collection? Uh, we are going for one soul at the moment, but that it may change. You know, due to uh, depending on um, market conditions, and as as the price of Sol um, kind of went up with time, we started thinking, well, maybe we should 
um, you know, drop it to maybe half a soul because it's, you know, we're sort of starting to ask quite a, a bit of money. Um, so we're, we're still aiming for one soul, but it may change uh, depending on the market at the time. I don't really think that's asking much considering the lack of gas fees. You know, people are paying, they're buying $40 uh, NFTs on the ETH blockchain and paying $300 in gas. So I really, I really don't think one soul would really be, you know, you're talking 180, 200 bucks. With no yeah. Gas. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't think, I didn't think it was, was outrageous myself, but you, you never know what, you know, what people's um, uh, situation is and, and that sort of thing. I did see a, I, and I've seen arguments for, you know, sort of both ways. Um, one of them, uh, um, I forget who the Twitter user was, but he, you know, he did this really great thread and, and he was talking about price and he said, price is not a value proposition. Like, you know, don't, don't try and sell your project on the fact that, oh, it's cheap. You know, you, you have to actually build in proper value, which I think, you know, we, we are doing um, with, with the project. And if people want to want to get into it, then they'll get into it, whether it's whether it's this much or that much. Um, but yeah, so so I think it's it's probably most likely going to end up being one soul. But we're not sort of saying that until the you know until we're absolutely ready. Your roadmap says that you're going to be doing a fashion show. What, what are you doing with a fashion show? <laughs> yeah, okay. the fashion show that was. Um, oh, I've called it the fashion show. I, I don't, I don't think we'll actually have a fashion show per se. I mean, that would be, that would be great. And I don't see why that's, that would be something that we couldn't do, but the, the fashion show is basically, so for the, for the collection, um, the, the designs for the clothing, uh, the augmentations, the accessories, all that kind of stuff that I've, that I've designed for that is going to start appearing in the pages of the comic book sort of, um, as it develops and moves forward. Um, but I, I actually, I had so much fun designing a lot of these, um, clothes, like a lot, some of the coats and that kind of thing. Um, and I'm, I'm the like, it's, I don't get to wear coats and jackets over here too much because it doesn't get all that cold. Um, but for a long time now, you know, I've been a big fan of like a nice structured jacket and that kind of thing. So I thought it'd be actually really cool if in terms of the accessories and the clothing, if we could uh, reach out to a a good um, creative team, uh, a good um, studio, and work with them to actually produce a line of garments and accessories, you know, um, designed directly off the NFT collection so that um, people can, you know, if, if they like them enough, hopefully they do, then, then they can actually walk the streets in some Icarus 2120 designed clothing. So that, that's the fashion show. Very cool. What type of collectibles are you going to be giving away? Because you're, um, you're doing high quality collectibles. Yeah, so the collectibles, uh, we are going to do some um, high quality statues uh, in my Twitter feed. Um, there is a, uh, there are a couple of videos where I, um, there's like some sneak peeks kind of thing at some that have been produced for the, for the Icarus 2120 comic. So we do actually, we've already got a, uh, a collectible uh, statue that was produced for the comic. Um, probably, uh, it was probably produced about two years ago. Uh, now very, very low, very small numbers. Um, but it's the, the quality of it is, is very good. And it's sort of one of three. There are two others that, uh, come that combine with it to, 
create like a full diorama so you can buy one and it'll look cool by itself or you can you know you can get two or three and they they interconnect and and um look really cool so i thought that would be another um something fun and 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 interesting to do for the for the roadmap is basically when we have got once we've minted um go you know go to the community and go okay what what are we like um and and put it to a vote and then i will actually design up based on you know uh what the what the community sort of is looking for um i'll design up a few statues um which will then be you know properly properly you know um produced you know professional standards and all that kind of thing and then they'll be uh available um to to holders um it will it i they i doubt that they will be free to holders simply because the um the cost that goes into producing something of actual quality um but they will be very uh affordable and we do have a token drop as well which is um going to act as like a discount um currency so you can you, if you want to if you want to buy an article of clothing from the fashion fashion line or if you want to get a statue then you can spend the token that we have airdropped to you to you know bring the price right down and then um depending on production cost you know and uh, that it it'll it'll be really quite affordable for people to have them in their collection you're going to do a companion drop as well right so what is that yeah. going to be maybe a pet or uh a wife or something that would you would get along with your nft yeah so we're gonna um that's another one that will that will most likely go to the community with and see what what people want the options that i'm looking at at the moment would be a yeah so like a like a female version with completely uh new designed attributes all that sort of thing so so effectively an entire new collection that'll then be airdropped one for one to holders um either that uh possibly we might do the the ancient greek timeline so that would be um you know like gods monsters mortals all that kind of thing so it'd be have quite a different flavor um to the to the current collection uh and the other one that i thought we might perhaps do is is twitter banners because in the story um the locations like the city the labyrinth mount olympus all these places um you know, whenever I'm drawing them, I kind of I kind of consider them uh, a character in the story. You know, like there's every uh, every staircase, you know, every every nook and cranny has a little story that's happened there, kind of thing. So I, I kind of like the idea of maybe doing some uh, Twitter banners, which are basically feature um, environments or, or something like that. Which is which a few collections have actually done. They've been they've been just strictly um, Twitter banners of of environments. So three kind of options that we're looking at at the moment have you announced the launch date yet uh we haven't announced the launch date yet we were looking at um mid uh, sorry mid december um but i think we need to give ourselves a little bit more time just for gathering um gathering a crowd and that sort of thing so we don't have a a, a solid launch date um but it'll be december or january so the first 50 people that are going to purchase are going to get a um, free NFT drop. Is that what they're getting? And then you have a, another reward for the next 50 to 200. Is that how you're going to set it up? 
Uh, yeah, pretty much. So we we did run a, a promo a while back, and it was, it was yeah the first fifty to sort of join the Discord, you know, do the retweet that kind of thing. Um, they would be their role in the Discord would be first fifty. So when we um, after mint, they will all be airdropped um, a, an NFT for free, and then from uh, fifty to two hundred. Um, they've got a one in three chance. So we're going to have another 50 NFTs. We're going to do a, uh, basically do a raffle. And so people have a one in three chance of, of, um, winning a free one from, from that, from that role. Uh, and then there'll be, uh, a what we've got a whitelist, which will be, um, you know, it's like a, a, a pre-mint separate to the sort of, you know, 50 to 200. Are you eventually going to, have a physical copy of the comic book or is it just going to be an online comic no no i definitely i definitely want to uh actually um publish it have it published into a um a nice book i've i've been a collector of statues and comic books all my life um and i love uh having them on on the shelf you know i still go to the comic book shop and i pick up my manga and a few um american books so i definitely want to actually produce it as a physical copy that people can own and, and, you know, stick on their shelf. Is that something that maybe down the road you're going to reward holders with maybe a copy of, I guess it would be a graphic novel, right? Because you're, it's so large. It wouldn't really be a comic book. Yeah, you're kind of eventually graphic novel territory. Yes. Yeah. It'll be, uh, the story's going to be at least 300 pages, possibly, uh, well, most likely more than that. So it would definitely be a, uh, a graphic novel. Um, and yeah, that's uh, that's definitely something that we would um, consider as uh, as a future reward once we get to that. Actually, um, sending them out to people. If anybody has any questions for Mark and wants to jump up in the speaker box, feel free to raise your hand, um, or I'll just keep going. All right, I'm going to keep talking. Um, it says on your roadmap as well that you're looking to turn this into either a movie or a TV series, possibly down the line. Um, are you going to have other people um, help you with that? Is it going to be uh, something that's going to be completely animated? How, how are you going to go about that? Or you haven't really thought that out too far? Uh, no, we have, we have um, thought about that. So basically, the the roadmap itself, every every step on the roadmap. Um, uh, it, you know things that I have always wanted to do for um, Icarus. You know, like as soon as I started working on the story and developed it, I, you know, I thought, man, this I'd I'd love to see this either as a live action series um, or as an animation. I'm I'm sure every creator, you know, sort of would would love that. Um, but it was, you know, it always seemed uh, impossible just for you know the 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 financial outlay to get started down that road. Um, and also the the time involved, um, but then with the with the NFT project, I was I was like, you know, this we've got we've got a chance to actually, you know, do all the things uh, that I've wanted to do for the story to turn it into something something really big. Um, so in terms of the the animation, we would not be doing that ourselves. Um, I would be uh, involved in the process to make sure that it stays true to the source material and, and the just the general flavor of it all. Um, but we would be going to, you know, uh, professional studios um, to talk about that. I do, 
I, I, I'm friends with a couple of guys. One of them, he's got a background in, uh, he's done some, a lot of traditional animation and he was a studio head um, as well for some um, sort of rig 2D and 3D stuff. So I've been talking to him um, about, uh, you know, what it, what it takes to get a series up and running. Um, and then a, another friend who, he's a VFX animator um, who's worked on a, on a few um, uh, big films here in Australia, Mortal Kombat and um, Thor and a few others. Uh, and so he's, um, I'm actually talking to him at the moment about maybe doing up a, a bit of a teaser animation for it. Um, but I wouldn't be doing it myself simply because I don't want to, um, you know, I don't want to half-ass anything. I would rather um, pay what it takes, take the time that it takes to have professionals do it so that it's actually done right and so that every every part of the Icarus 2120 brand is is quality, not just kind of me going, oh, look, you know, we said we'll do this. We better tick it off the roadmap. Okay, let's just trot out, you know, some dodgy animation and, and call it done. Um, you know, I, I, I want the, the roadmap goals more than anyone because I, I love the story. You know, it's uh, like I said, it's really dear to me. So for me, it's important that it's done right. And that means getting professionals on board. Now, when I was a kid, comic books were like one of the major things that I collected. I collected comic books. And I collected baseball cards and some basketball cards. And I took very good care of them. And like my comic books were like, I looked at that as like my retirement money when I was a little kid. But unfortunately, like the market over here, it started dwindling a little bit. Um, Do you feel that with the increase in awareness towards NFTs that we're going to have a little bit of a resurgence in the comic book market? Uh, I think there's, I think there's potential for it um, with, you know, coming from the right projects. Um, the comic books here in Australia, they were even more, um, you know, sort of niche than, uh, well, sort of they've become even more niche than than what they would be in the US. Um, and and like I said, I've been a collector, you know, all my life when I, of statues and and comic books, and I think there's a, I think there's potential for a lot of bleed over between people who trade crypto and nfts and and people who collect comic books and statues and so i think there is potential if if nft projects do it right um and if the stories are good if the artwork is good i think there is big potential for actually onboarding people who are very um uh online native to easily read online comic books and maybe even go to a brick and mortar shop and buy one if they enjoy it enough. Um, And then I think there's also um, potential. One thing that I find very interesting is the potential for bringing people from the comic book and collector world over into NFTs. So sort of like a a two-way stream um, because uh, as, as a, as a collector um, NFTs, they're, they're a collectible in themselves. So if someone is interested in collecting comic books for art or for the story, um, if they're a, if they're a person who buys lots of statues and that's a, you know, that's a, there's a lot of money in that market as well. Um, then there's, then there's a lot of potential for them to actually see value in NFTs and sort of come, 
over and and, be, and get into that as well. So there's there's potential for for a, for a two way stream there. I think the thing that I really like about the idea of putting comic books on the blockchain is. I don't really have to take care of them with the effort that I used to. I used to have to buy backboards. I used to have to get the sleeves to put the comic books in. I used to have to store it in a place where it's not going to get damaged. I would have to keep it somewhere in the house where it's not going to get water damage if it floods or, you know, there were so many, like, uh, so many different variables where my comics could get damaged and would end up being worthless and it would just be a piece of paper, you know, and, uh, we don't have that with blockchain, you know, everything is going to be in mint condition. It's uh, it's going to be there. It's going to be authenticated right from the uh, the author who who wrote it. Um, I just think there's a lot of potential in it. I think it's I think it's something that as long as we could get the right audience into that realm, I think it's really going to take off. Yeah, de you're definitely right. Um, in that you can you can literally keep it in the in the condition that you bought it. It doesn't take up any space in your house. Um, and yeah, I think, I think if, if, uh, if the artwork is good and people can literally, you know, click a couple buttons and start reading, um, then there is, then there is huge potential for them to actually sit down and, and read something and go, you know what, I, I didn't, I didn't think that I would ever say this, but, but I'm a, I'm a comic book fan. And then who knows sort of, you know, where, where it goes from there. So it'll be very interesting to see, um, what happens you know with the with the two spaces but like like i said i think that the mentality of people in crypto and nfts has a lot of similarities with just sort of you know collectors of of real life kind of um collectibles have you spoken to any other comic book artists that you know by you that are also interested in getting into the nft space um i know of one other uh here in here in perth another another friend of mine he's got a um collection that he's working on but he's not um he's not really interested in the nft side of it himself i don't think i think it was more a a, a friend of his who's a real kind of crypto native who went you know hey levi i know that you know you, you draw super well um let's let's team up so uh he doesn't sort of He's not into it too much himself, though I, though I think with time he will be. And then beyond that, um, I haven't had a lot of time outside of, you know, sort of daily life and, and working on the project to kind of reach out to, to other um, comic book creators and see where they're at with things. But um, post-Mint, I'm sure that'll be a, a very different story, you know, like if, it, um, if I can, you know, go to some of these guys who I know are, are sort of missing the convention scene and, uh, and go, look, you know, there's this, this huge potential for you to reach a great market to reach people who are going to be interested and invested and engaged in, in what you have for them. Then, um, yeah, I think it, after, after that, it could be a very different story. So you were saying earlier that you thought NFTs were kind of silly. Um, I did too. When, when I first, started looking at them but there is value in them um have you started collecting any yourself i i have yeah i um i was uh big on the fomo when i first sort of started looking at them um that was more when i was sort of looking uh at ethereum um so i do have um nfts 
I'm not much of a flipper, you know, like I, um, I think I've missed out on a few potentially good plays because, um, again, you know, sort of time is short, time's short for everyone, right? Like, um, so I, I think I've sort of missed out on a few things there, but I, I tend to mint things or buy things on secondary if I like the artwork or if I like just kind of like the idea of the project, but I haven't really gotten into the the flipping side of things of going, okay, I could, you know, buy this for this much. I think it's going to go up to here and then I can blog it off, which is, you know, it's a good way to make money. Um, so yeah, I, I have been, um, I started buying NFTs, you know, right away. I kind of, part of it was going, if I'm going to do this, I have to be, I have to be part of it. You know, you can't just kind of go, yeah, I'm releasing a collection, but not be in it, not be amongst the communities, not be talking to people and, and understanding um, why it's, why it's fun, you know, why it's, uh, why it's has value beyond, you know, what you could potentially sell it for. So yeah, I, I bought some more last, last night and uh, I'm sure I will, I'm trying not to spend too much because I've got to, I gotta, you know, I still got things to pay for on the project. <laughs> so trying to trying to keep the yeah. promo to a minimum. Yeah, I have a, a friend. He he's uh, addicted to NFTs. He's uh, probably in the hundreds by now with how many he has in his collection. So some people they get that bug, and they just keep buying. Um, how how has it been? I know Australia got hit really hard with COVID lockdown. Um, now, have you guys had any conventions or anything out there, NFT conventions, or has it just been kind of everything shut down? Uh, there haven't been any NFT col um, conventions that I've been aware of. I know that there, like you know, a few a few people have started um, having some meetups, um, but I I think the Australian, I mean, in terms of uh, crypto adoption and, and NFTs. Um, you know, Australians do seem to love it, um, and our, our government is even quite open to to crypto and and all that sort of thing, um, which is a little bit surprising to me, to be perfectly honest. Um, but I think a lot of Australians, include myself included, um, just kind of assumed that most people were over in the US, and there's probably only a handful of people um, here in Australia that were into crypto and, and NFTs, um, particularly. But they just it, like literally a week ago, um, some guys put together um, the Aussie DAO, um, and they very you know we very quickly that that wound up you know we're up to sort of um, over four hundred members now. They had their first Twitter Spaces last night, um, and I was I was genuinely shocked by the amount of projects that are actually Australian and also the caliber of them. That like you know really good, really creative stuff. Um, so no, um, NFT conventions, but I do not doubt for a moment that it's, uh, sort of just around, you know, that, you know, that, that 2022 will, will start seeing some. Has, uh, has COVID allowed you to be more dedicated to your work or has it kind of made you a little bit more lax in, in writing and creating? Uh, it, it's, it's left me with less time, believe it or not. Um, so we, we've kind of got a little bit of, maybe a bit of a unique situation here in Perth. Um, uh, Australia, you, you, um, pro, no doubt aware Australia had, you know, a very, 
um, strict lockdown policy. Um, the the states closed borders. In fact, WA still has its borders closed to um, you know parts of the other parts of the country. The borders have reopened, closed again, reopened with different outbreaks and that sort of thing. Um, what that is the way that the government here handled it, um, locking things down quickly and surprisingly, everyone did a really good job of kind of complying with um, social distancing and that kind of thing. So Perth, we didn't get hit with COVID very hard. We certainly we had we had we had restrictions for about three months on on things, and then you know things opened up. But for a long time now, it's been life as as usual, with the exception of the fact that um, uh, a lot of people can't, you, you know, we can't no, we can't go over overseas, which is a, becoming a real problem for a lot of people because they haven't seen family um, in a long time. Um, but what it's meant is that all the money that was going out of the state, all the money that was going out of out of Australia to to travel and overseas, you know, investment and all that sort of stuff, has started just circulating within WA. So I'm my day job, I'm a tradie, I install air conditioners. So since COVID kicked off here properly, um, which was March 2020, uh, I think it was 2020? Yeah, 2020, 2019, I forget. Time's gotten away from me. Um, I've never been busier with my day job. I used to have a lot of time off uh, in winter, a lot of time to sit down, do our work, but if work has just been just been madness. Um, so it left me with a bit less time to do artwork, but now since working on the NFT project, I've sort of started to really prioritise it a lot more. So the last three months, I've I've put a lot of time into actually artwork. So we, we've got a we've got a bit of a unique situation over here. Anybody have any questions for Mark? Any comments? Just a hundred, Aiden. Aiden, you have a question? No, man, I just love all just the artwork and everything. And I'm a huge Greek mythology guy. And, you know, I don't have any questions. It's just awesome. I'm glad it's all been uh, nice and clear for everybody. 